Wheel Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars as we're getting closer and closer to the glorious, relaxing, and I said that with a smile and you couldn't see it, but the holidays are near. And if I hear one more Christmas song before Thanksgiving while I'm spending a dollar, I might very well lose my mind. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. We're going we're gonna to have a nice visit. And that's what I'm going to call it because she's a lovely person in Miss Link, or otherwise known as Dan Northrup's wife, Jenny, Janine, however many times I mess up her name, it'll always make her smile and laugh, but I do mess up her name. She's going to stop by as we head off in to everyone getting their PRI credentials mailed out to them coming up because we are only a few short weeks away like legitimately three weeks away from pri so she's gonna swing by and we're gonna talk a little bit about motorsports marketing going into the 2023 season and we'll kick that right off after i get done having my rant if you will First and foremost, thank you very much to everyone who has been tuning in, subscribing, reviewing, sending hate mail. I'm enjoying all of it. You guys are thrusting the Racers and Rental Cars podcast right up the chart. So I appreciate each and every one of you that are out there talking about it, telling your friends or continuing to subscribe and download. Thank you very much. Cam and I both greatly appreciate that. Appreciate all the feedback in regards to mental health, taking care of yourself after last week's episode, the wedding of Mr. and Mrs. Bohannon, but also in that is this week's little bit of a rant as we're closing out the year, right? We're, we're going into 2023. We've crowned champions. NHRA has put all of their camping world champions to bed. Lucas Oil has had amazing storylines that have taken place for the champions across the country that chase the national titles in NHRA Camping World events and Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series events. Everybody's riding highs. And somewhere in the background right now, everybody is at some point going to start thinking about 2023 and bettering their program, right? And racers and rental cars, we talk a lot about motorsports marketing and being better and doing this and doing that. And the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. The betterment aspect is what I'm going to rant about a little bit. Uh, we don't always talk a lot about other podcasts on racers and rental cars podcast, but I fortunately had. 800 miles yesterday that I had to travel. And so I caught up on some stuff, caught up on a couple marketing podcasts, talking about where Google and AI and Twitter and, and some of the other socials, if you will, that are 
taking place out there. A lot of behind the scenes structures and algorithm changes and so forth and all that that makes my two brain cells hurt. But then I ended up on another podcast. And it talked about the betterment of the sport. This is a CEO that's talking about former CEO. And he, he referenced and used the word betterment multiple times. And while I'm holding onto the steering wheel, watching snowflakes hit my windshield, I started thinking and pondering the aspect of betterment, not only as personal individuals, but also in what it is that we do spend our money on, spend time doing, taking away, whether it's with our family or without our family, our businesses and so forth, professional life. And it really got me to thinking, right? Like, so do you ever wonder and sit back if there's actual evaluations going on, right? You're, you're, you're trying to better your program. And if you're in motorsports, you're a data geek, right? Or at least somebody in your camp is, right? It might not be you, the guy holding on to the steering wheel that's the data geek, but there's somebody that's in there that's Excel friendly, logbook happy, uh, you know, note happy, if you will, about everything. And we're trying to get better. Now, I have no problem admitting this. I keep a journal. And didn't always keep a journal, but it helps to write things down sometimes just to get thoughts out of your head, get them out, put them on paper. You can read what you're writing, finish writing, read it back. It's kind of like the uh, different concept of the whole, you know, you're angry with somebody or you don't agree with somebody's comment on socials and what do we always say? Don't, don't hit send, right? Type it out, then delete, delete, delete. The thing about writing it down on paper is, is that you're not able to delete it, right? You can shred it. You can throw it away. Um, but for me, I write those things out to remind myself of being better, right? Maybe not as trivial. Whatever the case may be, every individual in life is different. We're all different. We all have certain triggers or anxieties and so forth that we might get spun up about. And, you know, you've heard me say it numerous times before that I always believe if you're not getting shot at, you're not bleeding, you're not dying, calm down. We can figure it out. I promise. There's nothing that we can't work through. Just, just keep those three things in mind, right? And this week, why yesterday, why I'm listening to this podcast and this CEO, former CEO, is talking about betterment in the world of motorsports. And I'm really hanging on listening to this, okay? Because one, this CEO, former CEO, was very controversial in the media, uh, in the world of motorsports during his tenure and, and kind of had this tragic downfall if you will tragic removal not downfall tragic removal and but he did some glorious things for the for his world of motorsports that he was the ceo at the time and his family right he really you know on the business side of it really 
you know, performed during the, during his time frame, recession based grow, you know, coming out of a recession, keeping things moving forward, TV rights deals and so forth. And he's, he's talking about a lot of times that he initially he was receiving pushback. Uh, and some of the media was pushing back, right? Like, you're, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And it got me to thinking. He made a comment. He's like, if you're not all in for the betterment of the sport, why are you here? You know, like move. That's, that's kind of the shorthand of it. And I wonder sometimes when we, right? So let, what are we all first, right? We're all, you know, we all forget this simple fact, but we're all human first. First and foremost, we're all human. Then we kind of skip some rings and we're racers, right? We're, we're racers and we're passionate about what it is we're doing, whether we're turning left or going straight or left, right, you know, tractor pulling, it doesn't matter, right? We're holding on to the steering wheel. We're going faster handlebar. Excuse me. I had somebody that right races motorcycles remind me of that, that they hold on to handlebars. They don't just hold on to steering wheels. So you're going through this as you know, we're humans and then we're racers. And I don't think all the time that we take a moment out and try to think about our point of view, our perspective, right? Our, our yard, our yard, we're, our yard is always nice and clean. Grass is cut, rake the leaves up. As I look out the window right now, not so much. But we're we're always very in tune with our yard, right? Like let's say our car or our class. We, we or or maybe the next step up that we're trying to go to, or maybe the class that we were in before we got to where we're currently at. We're we're in tune with these things, right? And so we're not, maybe we're not always in tune with our sport as a business or as an operation. Right. And, you know, a couple of things have happened in the past few weeks that have kind of troubled me a little bit when, you know, people are making comments when schedules come out and they're not happy with this and they're not happy with that in the, the whole time I'm going well, you know, this is a choice that we've picked, right? This, this sport, this passionate sport that we've picked, we chose it. So it's like, if you don't want to, it's like, okay, do you want to come? Are you complaining just to complain or like, do you have a solution, a 10,000 foot view of bettering the sport? the circumstances that were behind uh, or the supporting evidence or facts, if you will, to support making the, the decision that was made or schedule date or location or whatever, you know, rule change, whatever it may be. Right. So are you looking at it from that standpoint or, or are you just complaining? Because, you know, way back as days go rolling by before I turned 50 in the military, I remember a captain told me one time, see, he was talking to us, junior NCOs. He said, you can say no to me in regards to a, a plan. As long as you have a solution 
that supports your no. And your solution has to work for everyone. Now, if you say no and don't have a solution, you've lost the right to be able to say no anymore. You know, it's tongue in cheek. And I've never forgotten that. Like it's, it's something that we're, it's, it's like, we're so easy to always say no, no, that's not right. No. Why are they doing that? No. Why is she wearing those clothes? Okay. So we, we always have these moments, right? Where it's so quick for us to say no or complain about something versus figuring out how to say yes. And then understanding, or I'm sorry, say yes, or say, can you explain further, or can we talk about it so I can understand? And you're trying to grasp a perspective that you want to have some sort of understanding. Now, I would say in drag racing on the NHRA side, we, and I, and also, let me preface it. I, I've got to remember to do this. this. I've got some betterment going on in my life that I'm trying to work on. So uh, I'm trying to remember when I say NHRA or drag racers, I'm trying, I'm legitimately trying to include and, and encompassing all drag racers and all circle track racers, right? Because all of us in some way, shape or form grind away to make the money the financial that's needed to execute and participate in our choice of motorsports. And that is extremely difficult. And I don't think a lot of times individuals or families or organizations that commit to be involved in motorsports to include our marketing partners, get enough credit for that. And that's my like betterment, right? I'm trying to better that when I go to collectively put everybody together challenge for me, hold me accountable in 2023, not right now. So most motorsports individuals have some sort of business mindset. They're involved somewhere in a business process, right? Monday through Friday, it, it, you know, is, is someone told me, oh, it must be nice. I've got a regular job and you don't because you work in motorsports. So your regular job, if you will, however you want to categorize it. So you have some form of intellect, right? And depending upon who you talk to, some people say, ah, oh, guy's smart. Or that guy's an idiot. You know, everybody's got their, their version of someone. But almost 99% of the people involved in motorsports have some sort of business background. So I always try to remember that when someone starts talking about something that they don't agree with, I try to look at them and go, well, they own a trucking company. And so is that how they run their trucking company with that would that just, you know, does that pass the smell test or they own a rental facility or they own commercial property? You know, is that how they would treat their tenants? If, if their customers were here spending tens of thousands of dollars a month with them doing business, would they agree with what this person just said? So I, I think we have to challenge ourselves as individuals, as racers that roll through the gates across the country and say, okay, I need to do a better job of trying to understand 
why decisions are made, why the schedule runs like this, why the locations are this, why the rule changes are this, right? Have a, have a betterment sense, if you will, a betterment perspective moving forward. Now, I said all of that to also say that as motorsports organizations, as promoters, as leadership, as tech officials, as ticket booths, uh, concession stand, I, you know, if you're working in the world of motorsports, it is by far the best opportunity to do right is to be involved in motorsports so if you're if you are actually involved in the execution and process of this you too made a choice a conscious choice to be involved in the world of motorsports so for that yes you get the respect that goes along with that and with that though also at the same point you should be challenged and wake up every day and, and be striving to better the sport, right? Whatever it is, whether it's a, a weekly bracket track program uh, in a very obscure location that probably doesn't have a thriving regional market to pull sponsorship dollars out of for small businesses or or be creative with high school or college programs, all of that aside, you are legitimately putting forth the effort to betterment of the sport in which you participate that you chose to do for your form of income. If that's not something that you can look yourself in the eye and say that you're doing, I think it's time for you to move on. And it, it's significant, right? What I, I always wonder, like, when you look at somebody in the world of motorsports and they make decisions, right? They, they do something or they you hear them say something and then you go, you look at them and for that bleak moment, you go, man, is that how it is underneath his roof? Is that how he, how he and his friends think? Is that the mindset? Or is it just something that they just, oh, that's just how I feel. That's how we're going to do it. I, I struggle, you know, because we all are educated in some way, shape, or form. Whether it was the school of education and books and school of hard knocks, we were all educated in some way, shape, or form to a level of success. And I think you should be held accountable for betterment of the sport. That's, that's really, you know, I, I think that you have to have uncomfortable conversations and remember that you're still, what did I say? You're, we're all humans first. Okay. Your title is equivalent to what goes into your bank account. Your title doesn't make you that person in life. And I, I always struggle with that. It seems like, yes, there's authority that goes with positions, but it should be a respect factor and it should be earned. And you should also remember that without the people that you're dealing with or talking to or communicating with, or at sometimes lecturing 
uh, giving them guidance. Remember who they are in life, legitimately in life. Uh, we're, we're all we're all trying to participate in a sport that we're all deeply passionate about. And the world of motorsports is very, very vocal. Racers, team owners, crew members. It's, you know, we don't have social media contracts in place uh, like some of the stick and ball sports do in regards to how they're maybe policed amongst their their vocal opportunities. So again, you know, think about that. Be take time, reflect, think about it and say, you know, do do I understand that? Do am I rational about it? Can I be reasonable about this? Or am I being unreasonable? And if you're being unreasonable, I think you've got to have somebody and I'll honestly say this, you've got to have un, you've got to have somebody that can be reasonable when you're being unreasonable in your camp, under your umbrella, in your racing organization, in your leadership, if you're the sanctioning body or the promoter, the racetrack, somebody in your organization, when you're being unreasonable, they need to be able to communicate to you in a reasonable manner so that we can continue to grow. And that's, uh, that's just kind of where the betterment part of this today for the monologue, the Don's rant. Uh, and uh, again, I appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars and our great guest that's going to drop a little wisdom on you. But also, thank you very much for tuning in. Rate, write, subscribe, download. Shout outs to the Bohannons, plural. And that's Megan and Tyler. Shout out to Angelina Foray. Don't know if you know her. I think her husband's name's Cam. Congratulations on you making it to an NHRA final this past weekend. And, and collectively, shout outs to all of the champions. A lot of racing organizations finished up this past weekend. A lot of banquets going on at PRI in December. Congratulations to all of you. Top 10 finishers. The drive to be able to say that you accomplished something or exceeded a goal that you wrote out for yourself to start 2022. Congratulations to each and every one of you. You should be commended for it, for participating in the world of motorsports. And uh, I look forward next week, Thanksgiving week. Everybody's going to be traveling. Do me a favor, catch up, grab the podcast, educate, relax, send me some hate mail. So I got something to read while I'm in the airport. Nonetheless, here comes our guest this week. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars podcast lands us with a guest that if you live in the upper northeast part of the country and you're involved in the world of motorsports, probably know her. If you buy ISC racers tape, you probably know her. But she is a guru that doesn't give herself a whole lot of credit. She lays low in the grass, in the bushes, if you would. Doesn't stand out in the limelight a lot, but I was fortunate enough to drag her out of the bushes in the upper northeast today, and that is Miss Jenna Link Northrup. Do we actually throw Dan's name in on there, or do we just stick with Jenna Link? Time out. 
My name is Jeannie Linky No, no, I'm from North Carolina. And, and, and that's just not how we say it in North Carolina. So Jeannie Link, thank you for coming on the show. I give you your, your correction of my uh, pronunciation uh, for me being a North Carolina guy. But how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. So I, I do want to know. So are, are you carrying Dan's last name around? Are you hyphenating it? What, what are you doing up there with you two individuals? Uh, for work-related purposes, I typically go by Jeannie Linky Northrup just because of coming from uh, a background before Dan came into the picture in both my professional career as well as racing um, and to not hurt my dad and uncle's feelings. But uh, I'm also a Northrup and I am blessed to uh, celebrate both last names. I have a fantastic family. There we go. All right. You didn't throw him completely under the bus, just kind of bumped him with a tire or a fender, if you will. All right. So we always talk about having an elevator pitch when we bring our guests into the show. Give the listeners that may not know about you a quick down and dirty of your background and what it is that you do. Uh, I am 37 years old. In my full-time position, I work in healthcare and pharmaceutical sciences. Uh, I have a writing background, so I'm a managing editor of special content, uh, which relates to all types of custom creative agency type of projects. Hence, uh, my side business, uh, JLP Race Promotions, is uh, something I don't talk about very often or advertise. Obviously, in the working world and working in agency style businesses, there's a lot that goes into confidentiality agreements and everything. However, for uh, 22 years or so, I've worked with racers uh, developing custom content, now more so custom digital uh, sponsorship proposals, PR. Uh, It's just a side thing that I like to do. I am a racer as well. Uh, from the Northeast. I participate in the NHRA series uh, and I more recently have delved into big dollar bracket racing. Well, so that means that you've got your finger in a little bit of everything. You obviously married into a family that's been successful in business. So I'm sure there's some, uh, you know, table talk, if you will, there on back and forth with you and Dan on, on marketing and sponsorship that being said, of course, I understand confidentiality is, a, I think my favorite three letters are NDA. Uh, being that you're up there and you've been doing it, you grew up in the family, you're, you're very close to me as far as the experience aspect of it. What is the one thing that you've seen really move and kind of throw racers or your clients for a loop in the last, I don't, I don't want to say the last 10 years, because obviously we stuck COVID in there and that just kind of flipped the table over on everybody. But in the last five years, what would you say is the one thing that you spend more time educating on with your clients over these 20 years? I actually don't think too much has changed in terms of racers seeking money. Um, I think it's more so approaches to going about it. I don't think there's enough education and emphasis 
by people who may be out there developing proposals, consulting with racers. There needs to be more consulting and education around what it takes to solidify a partnership. Uh, to be honest, it's not about you. Nobody gives a hoot if you won a world championship. I mean, maybe if you're Eli Tomac uh, or Ken Roxon in Supercross or John Force in drag racing, uh, maybe it's going to make it a little bit easier for you to go after money. But at the end of the day, I see so many proposals come through, uh, even to my husband's business, that there's nothing in there that tells me what they're going to do to make me money. And that's where I try to tailor my relationships with my clients. Uh, I spend a lot of time consulting and uh, developing business, business savvy catches. And this is something that people who have more confidence in themselves are more well-spoken and presentable, uh, obviously do a much better job at. But in some ways, it's sales going after you're not a race car driver for the moment you're you're a salesperson whether you are the racer or somebody working on behalf of a racer your position is to sell your race team uh you know i'm actually going through a proposal right now with a side-by-side racer uh, he's from the upper northwest midwest and his season's just about to kick off and uh, I was on the phone with them last night and we were talking about different ways to leverage things. Obviously, the industry is changing. All motorsports is. But there is a lot of new opportunity out there digitally. And sometimes I don't think people think enough about themselves and their confidence in what they can offer. And I think it's really important to make sure that if you're going to present yourself to someone, you have all of your ducks in a row and you present yourself the right way. Oh, I couldn't, I could not agree more with that because it definitely is from the standpoint that as soon as you can grasp hold of the concept that you're an extension of that company's business strategy to generate revenue. And as soon as you can grab hold of that and say, okay, I legitimately work for this company and our goal is to sell widgets. And that's what, and I got to be the best widget seller I can possibly be knowledgeable and be able to answer questions about widgets and generate sales and racers forget that. Right. And, and it becomes, it becomes about what they need from the company versus what it is that they can help do for the company. And so I couldn't agree more with that. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, we, we joke about, especially now at this point in the year, obviously your side-by-side guy, he's getting ready to kick off, but most circle, circle track guys, drag racers, you know, they're, they're done, right. We're, you know, they should have been working on 2023 months ago. And, you know, now we're down to the wire for some companies that are fiscal related and, and so forth that are calendar related as well. And it's a challenge. And so for you on that aspect, and the confidence piece. I've always told people when I've had those first few conversations with them and they've asked for, you know, do you have a deck? You know, tell, tell, you know, give us something to look at. And, and I learned early on from 
someone who I, I looked up to as a mentor in a, in a meeting one time, he said, are you, are you, are you investing in the deck or are you investing in me? The deck, the deck is just a bunch of numbers and to be able to know who it is that you're investing in, it's me. So, fo- so fire away at me and, and give me the situations and let me show you how I'm going to respond for your company or your brand or that product line. And that was, that, that went like leaps and bounds with the executives in the boardroom because they just had the opportunity to fire away at the individual. And he just, again, the confidence factor of it, he just stood there and took it talking points, hit buzzwords, you know, and I, again, I don't think that our clients or erasers or individuals seeking uh, support do the homework in the research. I don't know that it's necessarily they don't. I think they don't know how. Unless your real career is sales, you are not necessarily trained in sales. And I think it does a number for someone to get educated, watch some LinkedIn learning courses, uh, learn what it takes to leverage an idea, to learn about a company, you know, and that's what I try. I don't really do anything special for anybody. I just try to teach them how to talk for themselves and how to come up with really cool ideas. If I see somebody get something at the end of the day, that's, so awesome, you know, because they didn't just do that for the money now. Now they've just built themselves up as a better person. And that's what's really cool. I could name people, racers that I've worked with for a long time that I don't want to put on the spot, but I've watched them grow as individuals, uh, not just in terms of landing their first sponsor, be it it took four or five years to get that big sponsor, but they were deathly afraid to be interviewed. And now they're standing in front of the ESPN camera uh, on Drag Race Sunday, getting interviewed, and they sound like they've done it a trillion times. So I think that you learn a lot through the whole process. It's not just about going after a proposal. And that's also what justifies who I do work for. If you're not committed to doing the work and staying committed and growing as a person, you're not hungry enough for it. And that that goes for being an athlete. I think racers are athletes. Uh, You know, we work out. We try to eat right. Be it we have some beers when we shouldn't. But if you are serious about what you're trying to pursue and you're serious about going after the money, you're going to take everything else seriously with it. You're not going to race your vehicle and not look over things every week. You're going to do all the steps required to make it as much of a full-time position as possible, be it everything else you're navigating. Oh, I totally agree. We had Scott Woodruff on from uh, Elite, formerly from JEGS uh, recently, and we talked about a lot. I made a comment about what he did personally and impacted me professionally well over a decade ago when he talked about presentation one time at the racetrack. He stopped, 
and said, Hey, Don, I really like the way your pit area is presented. Everything's clean. Uh, it doesn't look like a bomb went off in your pits. It's organized. And again, that's a work that that's stuff that you work at, right? You, you know, and, and again, you're absolutely right. You eat well, you take care of yourself. You have to think about being clothed in a brand logo. You know, what is it going to look like if that brand logo is on your chest? Is it going to look like it should be on the side of a apple or a pumpkin or a watermelon or, you know, take care and, and put the effort all the way in. And I, I totally agree with you on that, that I think some people kind of shortchange percentages and, and what effort level they work at. I, um, I'm so glad you bring this up. You know, uh, part of what I see is exactly what you're saying. And another thing that I, I did want to bring up to our listeners is how important networking is. So you're, First impression could very well be your last impression. You don't want to be looking like you're hungover from the night before. It's the same if you were to send, you need to treat how you are daily to set yourself up for success. Just as important as your cover cover letter or your email that you send out to the sponsor. And, you know, it's about building these relationships. Again, I have racers who've been working to try to achieve sponsors, we go after them year after year and after year. But I do not, a lot of times, one of the challenges that I see somebody give up too easily. So what they said, no, continue your relationship, get to know them, any opportunity you get to have a beer with them and show them that you're a normal person, just like they are and to treat them like a normal person. At the end of the day, you have to remember, they may or may not be a racer themselves. They may just be working a job. Maybe they're burnt out. Maybe they're tired. They have a boss they have to report to who then has another boss they have to report to. But I have seen many, many relationships formed that although money wasn't available up front, it has benefited a racer a couple years later. Uh, a lot of times when least expected, even if the racer wasn't the one to follow up. So build, you know, building yourself up to be mature clean, uh, impressionable is so important. Oh, absolutely. And we all have our moments, right? We all, we all have our moments where we're probably not at our peak, right? Uh, but you're absolutely right. Are we going to talk about a little NASCAR or something? I mean, you know, <laughs> we, I, I have beat that drum for a while, but at the same point, I so for me, I wear three different hats, right? I wear the business hat, I wear the marketing hat, and I wear the race car driver hat. And I look at it and I go, you know what? Yep, that was a bad, that's a bad look. That's a bad look. That's a bad look. Can I talk but, about a bad look? Go, yeah, go ahead. A proposal just was sent over to a business and they forwarded it to me because they were in such shock. The proposal was a beautifully, beautifully created deck or a circle track racer. Beautiful. I mean, branded to the nine. Nowhere in it was there anything about what they could do for the business. And the email was two sentences long. My name is so-and-so. I race this. I wanted to find out if you'll sponsor me. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bad image. Bad image. I, 
Yeah, and you mentioned we, we, we should play a game. We should just play a game. Uh, bad image versus good image. It, uh, we could do that, it, you know, and, and maybe we could get. Uh, I could probably get High Noon to be involved, and we could probably take drinks every time somebody comes up with a bad one, right? You know, High Noon. Would if you do that, I would love to join. Oh uh, well, you know, we're entering uh, as you know into the the time period where it's trade shows. And Cam and I go off, right, about trade shows, appearances and images and so forth. We go off. We, we, we literally sound like probably a scratch record because we take it so seriously. Um, and, and one of my favorite social media pages to follow is the, the Double O Shit Show. And they posted up earlier today the PRI costume the PRI attendee costume and it's a black t-shirt with a sideways or backwards ball cap and a pair of blue jeans <laughs> and like some band sneakers. Right. And it's like, it's spot on. Yeah, no, that's typically the, the majority of the people there. I mean, I don't know why we don't have a gene company that, uh, that displays at PRI so that they can sell jeans and create new customers because it, the majority of the people wear hoodies and, and jeans and so forth. And it just, you know, I, man, okay. All right. If that's you, I guess, you know, be you, be true to yourself. That's what they say. Uh, but I'd like to know that, you know, understand the business side of it as well and, and appearances. So uh, give me your, give me your best bad image photo of someone that was in a deck. I don't know. Really? I'll give you one. I get, I get, this is, this is a classic, an individual sent a deck to a company and they were, there's a photograph in the deck of their fire suit kind of wrapped around their waist and they're wearing the competing company brand, the competitor's oh. t-shirt. <laughs> That's really bad. And it was in the deck, like legitimately in the deck. And I went, That's a bad oh. one. I went, oh my. Yeah. yeah. Shredder. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to get you too far. You do. You have to think about the entire picture. It is okay to have competition and to show off competition um, in your proposals. If you are, you should be, again, selling them on what you can do for them. And I try within the proposals, decks, anything now that we can do things digitally to show live examples. Live examples show you already do the work. You're committed to doing the work and you're going to do the work for them. So, um, and if you've never done a live example, there are plenty of iStock photos you can steal uh, until you have the opportunity. But it, it's not just about saying you can do something. It's that follow through. And that's another thing that, you know, people don't get taught about. The the live so, piece of that. Yeah. So in terms of follow through, again, this goes back to becoming educated about sales and uh, what it really takes to make a sale go down. It's kind of like going after a job. Uh, and that is something that we've seen change in the last five years, if that addresses your question about what's changing in the labor force is people's work ethic and their motivation to follow up. Um, 
But again, I I said it before and I'll say it again. It's about networking. It's about following up. It's about not giving up. Uh, what you put in is what you're going to get out. So it's it all it's a full circle scheme. But at the end of the day, again, you want to show what you can do, and then you want to throughout that season follow up and show how you've been executing. It's not their job to follow up with you to see how you're doing spending their money. It's your job to follow up with them to show them how you're spending their money wisely and what you're doing in return to make them money. That's great advice for everybody that's listening. So as we kind of move forward, give me two things that you think 2023 is going to hold in the sponsorship world. Two challenges that you think right now you're seeing or hearing back from companies going into 2023? Well, you can look at this on two levels. One of the biggest challenges is challenges across the U.S. workforce. So if you're going after a sponsorship, this is your opportunity to present how you can I mean, in my world in writing, you'd be a freelancer or you're a contract. So how you can return a favor for them and take their lack of having maybe the appropriate staff in-house and still make it work for them and deliver to an audience. Oh, absolutely. If you, if, if I would say if you're not putting that in your in your opportunities of deliverables uh, to be able to go to trade shows or racing events or whatever that company may need uh, to help man a booth or set up or display or, or go be a salesperson, a pitch person, be a draw for them somewhere that makes their activation and execution easier or more affordable. I think you may be leaving something on the table there. Yeah, and I don't think it necessarily had to have been planned or outlined before. It's going the extra mile. It's no different than if someone's sick and you step up to help them. Uh, You know, if you know they're struggling somewhere or you check in and you're like, what are you marketing recently? Let's do something fun. It shows you've got a dedicated interest in the company. It's almost like going after that year-end bonus if you have a full-time career and you're kissing butt to your boss. It's that same it's the same thing you know it's not just doing what was outlined and doing the job to get the job done which is a big challenge with the current workforce and uh what we see uh what i see in management as well but uh going the extra mile and because there is such a lack of that recently it really goes a long way and even if it doesn't at the moment it will come back the right way. I'm a big firm believer in karma. Oh, absolutely. There is karma everywhere when it comes to the world of marketing and sponsorships. There is so much karma. Okay. Now everybody tunes into the show because they always want to hear the, the closing questions. But before I jump off the edge of the bed onto those, tell everybody where they need to go to follow up, follow you, get in touch with you. Maybe they want to become their, your client. They want to look at, look to you for a consulting opportunity. Where do they need to go to find your busybody self? 
Absolutely. I'm on Facebook, Jeannie Linky Northrup, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, other than that, ask somebody if you're from the drag racing world. Everybody knows everybody. Uh, call Don. He'll hook you up with my number if need be. Uh, I go to bed early because I'm 37 and I do work full time. But uh, if you are committed, I am a genuine person committed to helping you. Uh, you know, I, I do a lot of consulting most of the time for free because it's such a pat on the back to see somebody achieve something. Uh, my relationships with my clients are full time friendships. They're not clients. They are friends that I want to help. Uh, I do PR. I make sure that I help you execute your plan. It is your job to go after the plans. It is your job to stay on top of things. Uh, it is my job to help you and support you any way I can. And that's where you reach out to me via text or a call or a message and say, help me. Uh, and, you know, I, I spend a lot of time helping you study who your next potential advertiser is looking at what they're doing and coming up with something very specific that we can sell to them. I provide a lot of advice on what to say, what not to say. Um, and I've got a lot of cool things in the works going more digital these days. I think uh, things are changing and there are so many cool opportunities to attract people without boring words on a piece of paper because nobody likes to read. So that's what I can provide. And, um, you know, you have to go after it if you want something. Oh, absolutely. Megan Meyer and I talk about it all the time about individuals having initiative. And it seems like that characteristic or trait, uh, or if you even want to go as far as saying a value, it seems like it's far and few between nowadays. Uh, but then again, I could just be getting old. Maybe that's just me. I'm just an old guy over here. Maybe that's, I, I'm going to get one of those bumper stickers that says, I'm grumpy old man, get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> all right. That being said, you get to have dinner with one individual alive or dead in motorsports. Who is it? Aaron Plessinger, Supercross. Ah, okay. All right. Is there is there a is there a backstory to that? Or is there is it a oh it's it's it okay since we're not a video, I'll let, let the listeners know she just threw up the heart symbol. So uh you know, Dan, all I can tell you is bud, you know, at least she's honest about it. <laughs> I am a big Aaron Messenger fan, and uh he's down four fifty. He's had some challenges to overcome, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do next. So does ISC, does ISC send him a box of racer tape every year just to, you know, keep open the door of a relationship? Not yet, but if Aaron Plessinger reached out to ISC racers tape genie, uh, <laughs> I would make sure he got all the tape he wanted. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, with that answer that you just gave, my next one should be a doozy then. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports for 2023. Who are you sending it to? Ah. 
Nobody okay. listens to the podcast, so go ahead. Okay. This could come back to bite me, but I read an article not too long ago. Um, it was John Force, Camry Caruso, and um, Joy Natas talking about challenges looking for money right now in drag racing and changes in the shift. Um, I did not disagree with any of their points. However, I found Camry's statement to be a little... She mentioned something about there's always money out there. You just have to be willing. Like, I'm not against it. You have to go after it. But I found it a little the way it was stated, and it could have been the writer, a little distasteful. Um, and I had to agree a bit more with John Force and Julie Natas on their perspectives. Uh, and I, I'm rooting for Camry Caruso. I want to see her do well in pro stock. I want to see her change things up. And I'm also an Erica fan. She's badass. Uh, but I think it goes down to watching how you say things and presenting yourself. It kind of just left a little bad image in my, my head. Well, there you go. That's, uh, you know, a lot of times context means everything, right? And sometimes, uh, heck, I'm, I had it happen a little bit here coming up in a couple months happened to me last year on the context of an interview. And it, and it really boiled down to the fact of what the image was, uh, based on the, on a term used, I think you probably remember. And, and I still stand by it that, you know, you have, even if things are taken out of context, you have to own what it is and remember that not everybody is going to agree with what you were told or how they value certain things. That's what makes America. That's what makes America, America. We have the right to disagree in the freedom of speech, but as long as you keep it professional, then everything's good. But if you start attacking somebody's character and so forth, then that's when uh, that bad taste and image for yourself kind of comes loose, if you will. Attack by any means. It just, listen, any of us that are blessed to be racing, even if we don't come from much money, there is some sort of family support, some sort of money behind us and backing us. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into chasing money and doing it the right way. Well, as long as you always take the ethical high road, I think that's always the best way about it. But then again, Megan and I, we've had that discussion. Scott Woodruff and I have had that. Cam and I have beat that drum to the to the ends of the earth to the point that the, the drumstick itself broke. So um, I really appreciate you taking time out because I know you're a busy person. Uh, a very busy person. And I really do appreciate it. And please let Dan know, I appreciate him cutting you loose from whatever the honey-do list is that, that he's got for you on the PR and marketing side. But again, I really appreciate it. I think the listeners hearing you be a racer, but also out there being a cheerleader, trying to educate and, and get people to do it the right way. And that's really, I think, it's like Novocaine. Just, just keep doing it and it'll work. 
just keep doing it. So uh, I wish you the best into the off season. I'm sure I will see you up and down the aisles at PRI and uh, give my best to Dan and you guys take care up there in the Northeast. Don't get snowed in. And folks, that is the one and only marketing guru from the Northeast, Jeannie Link Northrop. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars is brought to you by the great folks at Equalizer Hitches. Do yourself a favor, stop by equalizerhitch.com. Check out Sway Control if you're out there traveling around the country, whether you got a dirt track, motorcycle, drag race, boat, RV, travel trailer, I don't care what you got. If you've got something hooked behind it, you need a Sway Control hitch product, safety tools, leveling. The, the website is a plethora of information. So stop by see equalizerhitch.com you can always check out use the code drag race in checkout save yourself some money go to social media like them follow them comment send them a private message tell them that you heard about them on the racers and rental cars podcast again equalizerhitch.com